tonight, I'll be sharing with us what I call there is hope. There is hope. I'd like us tonight to turn our Bibles together. To the book of um, Job chapter 14. Book of Job, chapter 14. I read from verses 1 through verse 10 for now. Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. It comes forth like a flower and fades away. He flees like a shadow and does not continue. And do you open your eyes and search a one and bring me to judgment with yourself? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? No one. Since his days are determined, the number of his month is with you. You have appointed his limits so that he cannot pass. Look away from him that he may rest. Till like a hired man, he finishes his day. Verse 7 is very critical. For there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, that it will sprout again. And that its tender shoot will not cease. Though its root may grow old in the earth. And its stump may die in the ground. Yet, at the scent of water, it will bud. And bring forth like a plant branches. But man dies and is laid away. Indeed, he breathes his last. And where is he? But the Lord bless the reading of his word tonight. Tonight, I examined the scriptures and I see most of the time that there are certain things that is easy for us to ignore. The principle of the kingdom is very consistent with the nature of God. You cannot separate God's principle from his nature. You cannot separate a man's principle from his nature. One of the critical knowledge that we have of God is that God is a God of impossibility. But for many of us who are in a relationship with God, we often come to a point in our lives when we begin to lose grip over certain principles of the kingdom that is well laid in the scriptures. In the scriptures, there are losses of different magnitudes of different dimensions. I'll say it again. In the scriptures, there are losses of different magnitudes and of different dimensions. In my study, I found out, and I know many of us will agree with me tonight, the greatest loss is not the loss of money. <laughs> the greatest loss is not the loss of resources and materials. The greatest loss in life is not the loss of opportunities. Does that sound unfamiliar? Because in most of the societies and in an environment, we see loss, particularly when it's of opportunity, when it's of money, as if everything depends on them. Once they are gone, they're gone forever. There are a few recorded 
losses in the scripture. In the book of 2 Kings, the Bible speaks of a male woman called a Shunammite woman. Woman who met with a man of God called Elisha. Elisha found favor in the sight of this woman and gave this man of God a place in her home. She was hospitable. Told Elijah, the door of this home is open to you. Anytime you're passing by, there will always be food made ready for you. She was kind. She mentioned to her husband, I found a man of God. He is a holy man of God. I will open the door of this place. Anytime he passes, we want him to have access, at least to be able to rest and to have food. They gave him a room. I want to say to us tonight, the greatest gift you can give to a man is access. Sometimes it's not money. It's access. This woman gave access to Elijah. Elijah, understanding the power of access, said to this woman, told his servant, told his servant Gehazi, call for me this woman. Ask her what exactly does she need. The woman said, I need nothing. She heard a private cry from the man of God. But Elisha knew ever before he asked her. Eventually, after much probing, she said, well, we have no child. And Elijah, by the word of the Lord, said, by this time next year, you will bear a child and conceive. The woman said, <laughs> you know, many times when men of God are full of food, they can begin to say things they don't really mean. And said to the woman, my woman said to Elijah, you can forget this. We will give you a room. But Elijah said, but this time next year, you shall have a child. Indeed, because that's not where I'm going tonight. At the space of one year, she bore a son. The Bible says this child grew. Went to the father one day to be with the father and with the reapers. But he felt sick. And the father, typically of men, it's a period I don't have many men here tonight. Typically of men, when something goes wrong with a child, where did you tell them to go? Go to your mother. It is expected that the woman should know what to do. And so, The boy went to the mother, stayed with the mom, but the boy did not make it. He died later. And then the woman said to herself, this is it. I told this man I need not a child because I do not want a broken heart. It's better not to have one than to have it and lose it. The child died. There's a lesson that I want us to learn from what I'm saying tonight. When you get back home, we can read. This child died, but there was something in this woman that was alive that did not die. <laughs> it's one of the key things that many people lose. When you lose it, literally, that is death in itself. I know many of us are wondering what is he saying tonight, but the truth is, the greatest loss is not the loss of things you can see. The greatest loss is the loss of the things we cannot see. These things are invisible. These things are often ignored. In 2 Kings chapter 4, the Bible says, I will read a few verses here from what the woman said. In verse 23, the Bible says, so he said, why are you going to him today? The woman wanted to go to Elisha. It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it is well. Ever say it is well. The child was dead. 
But the woman said, it is what? It is well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me until I tire you. So she departed. Went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. And so it was when the man of God saw her far off, then he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shunammite woman, please run to meet her and say to her, It is well with you. Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, It is well. Church, I want us to imagine a woman who had a child. And the child was dead. Cold, but she said it is well. She lost the child, but she had the hope. She lost the child, but the hope was still alive. Let me say loud and clear to us tonight I don't know what you've lost in your life. But if you have not lost hope, you have lost nothing. Because hope that is living will reproduce every loss in our lives. I want to say it loud and clear tonight. Hope that is living will reproduce everything that is lost in our lives. That's why I said tonight the greatest loss is simply... The loss of hope. When hope dies, everything disintegrates. Everything. When hope dies, everything disintegrates. And I notice in the midst of every loss, one sign of a recovery, I want to say again, in the midst of every loss, one sign of a recovery is when hope is in the horizon. I want you to know tonight, God is not bothered about the things you lose, but God is bothered when you lose hope. Because you see, what we do not see produce what we see. The hope that we do not see will reproduce the things that we see. And many times, men and women around us do not understand this. They bring things to us thinking that things will rekindle hope. No. There is something inside that is stronger than the things that you can see. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, Why we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen, they are eternal in God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, through faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. And the things which are not seen made into existence the things which we see. A few losses in the scriptures. I many of us remember in the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Kings chapter 7. The Bible speaks of the loss of the axe head. When it was lost, all the servants were running, air to scatter, they were bordered. The man of God said, No problem. You lost the axe head. And they lost their composure. And the man of God said, Give me a stick. Because the axe that was lost can be recovered if the hope and the confidence in God remains intact. What is it that Elisha had that the servants did not have? Hello, church. They lost the axe. All of them needed the axe. But Elijah, Elisha had something that the servants did not have. You know what he had? He had confidence in the living God. That the God who gave the axe head, the God who produced the rivers and the waters, can make the axe head to, to, to begin to swim on top of the waters. It must be God. In other words, I don't want to know where the loss has been. Whatever has been buried beneath the sea, when God is involved, every axe head will float again. 
I don't know what we lost in our lives. And we look at it and we say it is impossible because we lost the axe head. How will a axe head float? If not for God, if not the faith in God, if not confidence and trust in the living God. They threw the stick into it and the axe head began to flow. Excuse me scientifically. What is the weight of the wood? What is the weight of the hack's head? It was just a symbol. It was just at the word of Elijah. I believe that the machinery is never been released to lift the to lift the axe head from the waters. No wood can lift the axe head from the waters. No wood. And God is sent to us tonight. We came here tonight and we had a sense of loss in our lives. I have a word from the Lord to you tonight. I don't care what a sense of loss it. At the spoken word of God, every loss will be recovered. If God can recover the axe head that was lost beneath the sea, God can recover anything. Loss of opportunity, loss of places, loss of credibility, loss of integrity, loss that we thought, well, it's over for me because I've experienced a loss in my life. God is saying, I am the one that can turn captivities around. I will bring the ask head to float again in your life. Let me quickly define what hope is to us. Hope, I don't know what definition we had before now, is waiting patiently and confidently. That's what hope is. In the, in the dictionary definition, it means to desire with expectation of fulfillment. I'll say it again. Hope is to desire with expectation of fulfillment. Hope, in another definition, means to anticipate in the mind with a pleasure. I love that. To anticipate with a pleasure. In other words, in the time when you're standing in hope, you are happy and glad even in the midst of nothing. It's incredible. This is beyond wishful thinking. A lot of people say, I wish, you know, it is not a wishful thinking. Hope is a living thing. Hope is a substance. Hope is tangible. Hope is beyond just thinking in our brain. It's beyond the region of the mind. It's tapping into the realm of the spirit, pulling out the resources of God. And say, Lord, I know what you have said. I'm standing by the authority of your word. I want us to believe God tonight for what the Lord is going to do in our lives. Hope. 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 I went to check. I'm sorry, I just love to check. I went to check in the Hebrews what hope means. In the Hebrews, hope, in the Hebrew word is tikva, tikva. And I'm going to tell us what it means. Literally, hope means, or tikva means, a cord, an attachment. That is not connected yet. I'm going to tell us something else. It means hope is used most of the time for the waiting womb. A womb who is already conceived were waiting for the day of a childbirth. That's what it means. Now, a woman who is already pregnant waiting for the birth of a child. Excuse me, church. What was she waiting for? Was she waiting for an empty thing? No. She's waiting for a substance. It's a waiting womb. Now tonight, we lost hope. But we came into this place tonight. God is restoring hope into our heart. It's not just a wishful thinking. God is restoring hope. That Well, I know that God has spoken and I believe his word. And it will come to pass. When Job was caught in the web of a terrible plague and situation that was beyond him. One day Job looked up to God and said, I know that my Redeemer lives. That's the man who is living in hope. I know that he lives. Every circumstance around Job was speaking negative. 
Every circumstance did not dictate there was going to be an end to every situation that Job went through. Excuse me, church. Have we read the story of Job? Does it look, if you don't read the end of the story, does it look that the man was going to get out of it? No. It, wasn't, it didn't look like that. But he said, I know that my Redeemer lives. It's the same man who wrote the scripture that is the key scriptures tonight. We're going to examine that scripture, but in a moment, before we examine that scripture, I'd like us to read Romans chapter 8, verse 24 with me. Romans chapter 8, verse 24. I believe tonight before we leave this place, every hope that has been dead, every expectation that has been forgotten, the Lord will resurrect it in this place tonight. Every desire that we thought will never be accomplished as long as we can commit it to the living God tonight. The God of heaven and earth, the maker of heaven and earth, the God will part at the Red Sea. Every situation that has been dead will resurrect tonight in the name of Jesus. For I declare to the church of the living God tonight, there is hope. There is hope. Romans chapter 8, read verse 24. The Bible says, King James Version, for we are saved by hope. <laughs> but hope that is seen is not hope. Is that true? It says, for what a man see it, why does he yet hope for it? In other words, hope, Romans 8, 24. What it means is that what you see, there is no point hoping for it. Right? Before our sister came in, then I said to myself, well, I hope she comes. But when I saw her, I just hope she comes. There's something wrong with her because what is seen cannot be a hope anymore. The Bible says what it means exactly tonight, church, I want us to listen. That whatever we still see in our lives tonight, it's not at the realm of hope. What God is saying tonight, what I'm about to do in your life, it is something that is beyond the power of you. Something that you cannot see in the now. That's something that is beyond your sight. You're looking around for it. You're searching for it. You're waking up in the night and you're saying, God, what is it going to be? Whatever you see that is beyond power of you, God is saying, I will bring it to pass. Let me tell us a story of a man that I respect so much. Before I get there, let me read from the message. I have some verses here, and I want to read that same verse 24. I want us to listen to this wonderful scripture. It says, let me read it to us. It says, that is why waiting, already defined for hope for us, waiting does not diminish us. Hello, church? It says, waiting does not what? Diminish us. It says, any more than waiting, any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. How does waiting diminish your pregnant No, it does not diminish all. It says, we are enlarged in the waiting. Oh, God. Did you hear that? We're what? Enlarged in the waiting. What is it that's enlarged in the waiting? Our belief capacity becomes increased. Our ability to trust becomes increased. Our ability to be able to expect more becomes increased. Because the waiting does not diminish what God has said. Are we hearing this? Waiting does not diminish the ability of God to bring his word to pass. No. The devil tries so many tricks, saying words into what he is, and said, as God said. We remember as God said. And when is he going to bring it to pass? All of your friends around you. You know the enemy uses pictures. It tells you in your mind, do you see that sister you started together? In fact, you went to the elementary school together. You graduated. To, you had a better result than she had. Look at the life she's living. Look at the way God has provided for her. Look, but you serve the same God. And you know, there are preachers who are also creating more problems. They said, if God is God truly, let him do it in your life. I agree with that. But the fact is, we do not come to the same world. We do not have the same destiny. We do not have the same path to where God is taking me. I don't care. I believe tonight. The harder the path, the greater the future. Some of us are going through harder times. It's because there's a, there's a greater future ahead of you. Oh yes, everybody told you, well, your own path looks difficult. It's because there's a greater future. There's a greater place that God is taking you. How many of us believe that the harder it is to pull a tree down, the bigger that tree is? Uh, some of us who, are far, who have been to farm understands that. When you really deal with a tree, how difficult to bring it down shows out the depth of that tree. I don't know what you're thinking in your life, but there's a greater vision for God, of God in your life. There's a greater future that God is preparing for you. 
Tikfa. I wrote down here, my baby will be born. Oh, yes. My baby will be born. Truly a wealthy womb, but my baby will be born. Romans chapter 4. Let's turn together there. Romans chapter 4. It's just a few places from where we're reading. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. I'll read verse 17. The Bible says, as it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations, before in whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and colored those things which be not as though they were. Verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. The Bible says here from my version, it says, Abram was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do. Raise the dead to life. With a word, make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Decided to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made father of multitude of people. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Hallelujah. The Bible says this man against hope believed in hope. What did the psalmist say about hope? This is what the psalmist said. Psalm 31 verse 24. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All ye that hope in the Lord. Behold, verse, chapter 33 verse 18. Behold the eyes of the Lord is upon them that fear him. Upon them that hope in his mercy. Chapter 38, verse 15 reads, For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou will hear, O Lord, my God. 39, verse 7 says, And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Now, I'm going to close down on these Psalms, and I want us to listen to these three Psalms together. It's amazing what these Psalms are. I'll, I'll call them out so that we can write them and maybe we can study them when we get back home. Psalm 42 verse 5, Psalms 42 verse 11, and Psalms 43 verse 5. I'll read them again. Psalm 42 verse 5, Psalms 42 verse 11, and Psalms 43 verse 5. Let me read. That scripture is the same in all of those, in all of those Psalms. And I'll read how it reads. It says, Why not thou cast down all my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Up thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Psalm 42 verse 11 reads, Why art thou cast down all my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Up thou in God, for I shall yet, this is what it says, who is the head of my countenance and my God. Do we see that? The same says Psalm 43 verse 5. Now there is something I want to bring out of these three scriptures and I want us to pay attention. Everything in this scripture is the same except the last phrases. And I want to read the last phrases. The first phrase in Psalm 42 verse 5 says, he says, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Do we see that? For the help of where? Of his countenance. This is the first time this man was reading, writing this. Why had thou cast down my soul? Hope thou in God. For thou, for thee, for the help of his countenance. I will praise him for the help of his countenance. I will praise him for the help of his countenance. In other words, there is something about God's covenant, I mean God's countenance, that produces radiation of help. 
I'll say it again. There is something about God's countenance that produces a what? A radiation of help. What does that mean? I'll tell us what it means tonight. Hallelujah. When everything around us fails, and we have only one source, and we can dare to look up, there is a radiation that is coming from heaven. It is called help. It is coming from the face of God. God spoke to Israel in the book of Amos chapter 5 verse 5. Seek not Giga. Seek not Bethel. Seek ye me and you shall live. They that seek me shall find me. They that seek me early shall find me. That's what the scripture says. In other words, there is something that is produced from the face of God. Now the next two verses, let me read to us. The next two verses ended this way. For I shall yet praise him. Who is the half of my countenance? Now the prayers changed a little bit. My brother, do you see that? It's changed a little bit. Is for the half, is this half of my countenance. In other words, initially I look up to him for help. Now there is an half of my countenance. What does half of a countenance mean? Let me quickly say this to us tonight. God bless. What does the half of a countenance mean? I want to quickly describe it. You know, it's so easy to gloss over these scriptures. When the psalmist started to call upon God, there was nothing left but God. As he fellowshiped and he kept calling upon God, something happened to him. He said, half began to return to my countenance. Initially, I was looking for help from his countenance. Now, half has come to my countenance. Let me describe that. When you meet a man who is living in hope, it's not difficult to recognize him. You know how to recognize him? He's full of joy and excitement. And when you ask him, what do you have? He has nothing. But God. When you see somebody who is totally beat down by the enemy. The Bible calls such people with the prisoners of hope. As they begin to call upon God, the only place of source of help they are looking for is from the living God. Now let me say this to you. It is not the happenings. It is something must happen to our spirit tonight before we leave this place. God will touch your living spirit. God will rekindle the fire of hope inside us before we leave here tonight. That wherever you go this week, something will begin to happen to you. You will bubble for joy. People will ask you for why. Did you win a jackpot? No, I didn't win nothing. I just want something in the spirit. I want the living word of God. I want the help of God. I understand stood now that he cares for me. I understand that God prepares for me. The place he has prepared, no one can take away from me. Hope has been restored in my heart. And you know what? Hope will produce. Oh yes, hope will produce. Hope will produce. Oh yes, hope will produce. Let me go back to that scripture. I know, I don't want to belabor it tonight, but I want us to go back to the book of Job chapter 14. Let's examine this scripture a little bit. And then we're going to close tonight and pray. I think it's the night we want to pray. You know, as I was talking, the story of a, of a young boy occurred to me. Hallelujah. This young boy went with the mom. I know some of us are going to laugh about this, particularly the young ones. It's a young boy who went with the mom to the store. It's a story. According to the story, when they got to the store, the mother was speaking everything. You know how we shop. Mother was speaking everything, putting in the cart and all that. And the boy kept looking at the mom and said, Mom, can I have a chocolate, I mean, chocolate chip cookie? You know, and the mom said, no, you can't have a cookie. I mean, we'd say that. And the boy kept asking. He got to a level, the mother said, listen, if you don't want to get in trouble tonight, you need to keep quiet. I am not getting any chocolate cookie for you. And the boy kept quiet. Waited a little bit. When the mother wanted to get out to the cart to pay, to the cashier to pay, the boy said, can I have some chocolate cookie? The mother said, will you be quiet now for the last time? The boy did not say anything. The boy waited. When the mother was about to pay, he jumped into the, into the cart and lifted up his hands to the heavens and said, oh God, please give me a chocolate cookie. Mommy refused to give me one. Please, Jesus, give me a chocolate. And she, he was shouting, please give me a chocolate, chocolate cookie. <laughs> and the mother said, will you be quiet? He shouted the mother. Everybody in the store said, what is the problem? Can't you get him something to eat? 
The mother, out of embarrassment, left the cart, went to get a chocolate cookie, and brought to the boy and said, well, there you have it. There you have it. Now, what am I saying tonight? You know, many times as believers, we lose hope so quickly. The boy didn't lose hope. He was I know what to do. I'm going to wait for the best time. And as I call upon God, I know God is going to answer my prayer. To the boy, God answered prayers. The mother produced the chocolate cookie. Let's turn to the book of Job tonight, chapter 14. Very critical scripture. Verse 7. I want us to look at that scripture. It says, for there is hope for a tree, a tree, a tree. Now, it's not just for a tree. It says, if it is cut down. For many of us who are here tonight, there are certain cut down trees in our lives. And we look at ourselves and we say, well, it's over. It's cut down. What is the hope for a tree when it's cut down? It's over. It's done. All hope is lost. But the Bible says it will sprout again. It will sprout again. The Lord is sent to us tonight. I don't know how long that this tree has been caught. Verse 8 tells us that its roots may have grown hold in the earth. In other words, it's been caught not yesterday. Are we seeing this? That tree was cut not, maybe not last year. In fact, by now, what remains is a stump, probably. It's grown hold in the earth. The scripture went further. It says, even its stump may die in the ground. Do we see that? It says, even the stump. Uh, many of us understand when you cut a tree, there's a stump. It says, even the stump may have died. Now, when the stump dies... For many of us who are familiar with trees, what is left? Hello, tonight, what is left? The stump died. It says the stump died in the ground. There are a few places in the scriptures that we understand when things like this happen. The natural response of man is that it's all over. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 37, the Lord took his servant into the, into the valley of the dry bones. And I ask Ezekiel, Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones leave? Ezekiel said, Oh Lord God, thou knowest what a smart answer to give. Because if we read from NIV version, he says, Oh sovereign Lord, thou knowest. The man was very clever. He said, Clever, he knew that with him as a man, dry bones, dead. Not only that, scattered in the valley, there was nothing to be done. But you see, he played it smart. He said, Sovereign Lord, he knew his own limitation, but he also knew the unlimited power of the one who was speaking to him. You know what he said? Oh, Sovereign Lord. In other words, God who can do and no one can question. Thou knowest, you know, if you choose to put the bones together, who can challenge your authority? And you know what God says? Son of man, Prophesy to the bones. Prophesy to the bones. I know to you the hope is gone. I know there is no way out. But prophesy to the bones. The Bible says, as soon as I prophesy, bones came to bones. Sinew came upon them. And the flesh covered them up. And there arose a great army in the midst of the valley. What am I saying tonight? The bones were dry. The bones were dead. They were scattered in the valley. Yet, according to the word of the Lord, the bones came together again. In the human mind, we cannot understand that. We cannot explain that. Yet, the bones came together. And the flesh came upon them. And they became a living being. I want to say tonight to us, if there are trees in our lives that looks like that dry bone that I cut down, they're dead. The stump may have died, but I have a word from you tonight. And the word of the Lord to you tonight is in verse 9. Read with me, Job chapter 14. That's why I'm going to close tonight. Verse 9. 
I want us to read verse 9 together. Are we there? I want the church to read with me. One, two, three, go. Yet. Ever say yet. Yet. I have something to say to us yet tonight. I know it's been a long time, but yet. The situation becomes unbearable, but yet. The situation has been so bad and terrible, and everybody gave up, but yet. It says yet. Let's read it together. At the scent of water, it will burn and bring forth branches like a plant. Hallelujah. It says at the scent of water, it will burn and bring forth branches like a plant. So what we need tonight, we understand it. It says at the scent of water, at the scent of water. What does water mean in the scriptures? What is the meaning of water in the scripture? There are so many definitions, but I'll give us only two tonight, and that's where we're going to pray. One of the major descriptions that was used for water in the Bible is the word of God. Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible says that it may cleanse us by the washing of the water and through the word. The washing of the water by the word. So there is an allegory between the water and the word. So we understand here, it says, at the scent of water. So saying tonight, whatever hope has been lost, whatever has been damaged, when the word of God encounters that situation, there will be a change. I'm saying to us tonight that every dead situation in our lives tonight, there is a word from heaven. When the word of God comes in contact with the dead situation, that dead circumstance will come alive. At the scent of water, at the release of the word of God. And that brings me back the memory of Ezekiel chapter 3. The Bible says, Son of man, prophesy. Say the word of life. Say the word of faith. Speak the word of, of, of elevation. Speak the word of resuscitation. Speak the word of resurrection. And the Bible says, as soon as I prophesied, the bones came together. Tonight, we're going to speak over every dead situation in our lives. We're going to speak over every dead hope. We're going to speak over everything that has become derelicts, that has become damaged. And we're not tonight as we see the word of God. The power of God will penetrate into every dead situation. And life will come back into them. The word. The word. The word. Number two. Another definition or another allegory that is used in the Bible for water is the Spirit of God. Is the Spirit of God. I believe that tonight, as the Lord leaves and His Spirit leaves, the Spirit of the Lord is the Spirit of hope. When the Holy Spirit broods over a circumstance, Whatever was dark and dangerous and damaged, but the power of the Spirit, harder will come. Restoration will come. Do we remember in the book of Genesis chapter 1, the heart was void and without form. But the bows and the Spirit of the Lord overs over the waters. And the Lord said, let there be light and there was light. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord was upon that situation. And I believe in this place that the Holy Spirit is in this place. The Lord wants to bring to life everything that has been dead. The Lord wants to cause a resurrection in this place. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. When the Spirit of God comes upon a situation, there has to be a change. Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27. It shall come to pass in that day. That his body shall be taken off thy shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with fire, who went about doing good and healing all them that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. There is power in this place tonight. As the Holy Spirit begins to move in this place tonight, the Lord wants to bring to life everything that has been dead. Let's rise up to pray tonight. There is hope.
There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. I want us to say like Job today, there is hope. I want us to say to your spirit, there is hope. I am no more downcast. I'm no more beaten down. There is hope for me. There is hope for my life. There is hope for my family. Oh, there is hope for my future. The Bible says there is hope in your future. There is hope. It's not over yet. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. I want us to begin to bless the Lord tonight, the God of hope. I want us to begin to glorify the God of all flesh tonight. The God who does not know a limitation. We know limitations. Remember, he doesn't. There is hope for you. There is hope for me tonight because he still lives. I want to know tonight, you may not know what tomorrow holds, but we know him who holds tomorrow. As long as he's in charge, your tomorrow is under control. I want us to speak to the Lord tonight and just bless him. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. We're going to do something tonight that doesn't look like prayer, but it's a great prayer. We're going to train our minds tonight to believe the word of God. We're going to train our minds tonight to believe the spoken word of God. We're going to say to our spirit, I say to you by the spirit of Lord Sheon, by the in the name of there is hope for you. I, I want to say and call your name. There is hope for you. There is hope in your future. There is hope for your family. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. If you are a child, I want you to pray tonight and say, there is hope for me. In the name of Jesus. I may be in a troublesome situation, but there is hope. I want us to train our pure minds tonight, begin to speak the right words into your spirit tonight. There is hope. There is hope for my children. There is hope for my family. There is hope for my sibling. It's not lost. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. Train your mind. I want us to begin to speak the word of the Lord. There is success. If you be in that, there is progress in my life. There is favor. There is peace. If we're in a troublesome water, I want us to begin to declare that there is peace. Peace of God. There is change coming to my life. If we are sick in our body, let's say there is healing. If you are kind of weak, say tonight there is strength. There is strength tonight. Strength tonight. There is favor. There is healing. There is change. There is success. There is progress. There is lot. Le prados que te lleva que cosombra ya. In the name of Jesus tonight, in Jesus' precious name, we pray. I want us to pray tonight. I want us to see in our lives, are there dead trees in our lives? Are there dead bones in the valleys in our lives? I want us to close our eyes firm tonight. I want to declare in this place, speak the word of faith over the circumstance. I understand that you've tried every, everything you know how to do. Every man of God in the world has been part of that situation, but it remains the same. But you know what? <laughs> there are certain battles that are better fought by you alone. I want to say to that death situation tonight, in the name of Jesus, I declare the scent of water upon you situation. I declare the rain of God upon you dead trees. I command that you should bother again. Though I gave up hope at some point, but my hope has been rekindled tonight. At the scent of water, let life come back into you. Let grace come back into you. Let the glory of God come back into you. You dead trees, 
you dead circumstance. I command life to come back into you. In the name of Jesus. If you're kind of dead spiritually, I want you to begin to pray tonight. Let the, let the fire of the Holy Ghost begin to come upon your spirit tonight. Let the scent of weather begin to come upon your spirit tonight. Let the glory of God begin to come upon your spirit tonight. In the name of Jesus. I want us to pray with a lot of determination tonight. Let's pray with fury tonight. Le pako prade get so prande kataya. Li predika kuse grebata yadaba. I krados kateyadaba. I decree life back into you dead trees. I decree life back into you dead bones. Come to life. I prophesy upon you tonight. I speak the word of life upon you tonight. Come back to life. 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 In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. We're going to prophesy now, tonight. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18 says, For the path of a righteous is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. That's what the word says. The scripture declares... Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The scripture says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them from them all. We're going to speak the word of life over that situation that has been dead. I prophesy upon you tonight that my life will not remain the same after tonight's meeting. The scripture said that the path of the righteous is like a shining light. My path will begin to shine brighter from tonight. I prophesy upon my destiny. I shall no more be in obscurity or be hidden. The power of God will enter into my life tonight. Into the source of my life. And the power of God will lift me out of obscurity. Out of the cage. In the name of Jesus. I break every door open tonight. I command that the power of God will reach down to wherever. And things have been kept secret in my life. Let the glory of God break forth in my life tonight. In the name of Jesus. I want us to speak the word of the Lord. Come alive. Come alive. Come alive. Come alive. Come alive. Every darkness we speak to you tonight. The Bible says and the light will shine. And the darkness will not be able to comprehend it. We speak light tonight. We speak the force of light tonight. Let the light of God shine. Let the light of God shine. Darkness be done away with in the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Let it be done tonight. Let it be testimony in the name of Jesus. Break forth by your power and by your glory. As we present the issues before you tonight. Break forth in the house of your people. Break forth on our behalf. Do something new. The Bible says you will do only what God alone can do. Do it tonight. Move. Do something. Break forth on our behalf. Let your glory shine. Break forth our Father. Break the works of the enemy. Break the walls down. Let your people emerge as victorious army tonight. Yes, tonight. Yes, tonight. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, tonight. Live in this place encouraged, empowered tonight. My life will not remain the same after tonight's meeting. Oh yes, my family will not remain the same. Oh yes, my spiritual life will not remain the same. I feel like a dead tree from tonight. Life comes into you dead trees. Life coming to you dead trees. Life coming to you dead trees. Life coming to you dead trees. In the name of Jesus. Rebako pate galada bako sedea. Reketo grade bo sataya. Do something in this place tonight. Yes, Lord. We give you praise tonight. We bless your name tonight. Thank you, Heavenly Father. 
Thank you, Heavenly Father. I want us to declare tonight it's a new day. 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 The past is over. A new, a, a new chapter has been opened. A new day for me. A new day for my family. A new day. A new day. A new day for me spiritually. Yes, tonight. I decree it the way I believe it tonight. There is a lifting up in the house tonight. There is a lifting up in this place. Devil, you're a liar. You're the father of lie. We break your hold off the neck of God's people tonight. We take authority over every foul spirit of hell. We bind you in the name of the power of every other name. The Bible declares that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven, of things on earth, and of things under the earth. We take authority over everything that has kept God's people down. We break every chain. We remove every shackles tonight. We open the prison gate. Doors open and fatter tonight. Hallelujah to Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Let's close our eyes as we pray tonight. I believe tonight, every waiting womb, every waiting womb, every waiting womb will give birth at the due season. No abortionist will have a place in this place tonight. Every dream will not be aborted. No dream will be aborted. Every womb that has been waiting, you've lived with this dream day after day, year after year. God is saying tonight, you thought it was dead. Or you forgot that when I'm involved, I am the resurrection and the life. Lazarus was dead for four days. He was stinking. But when the voice of victory entered into the region of the dead, Lazarus came forth. The grave cloth was taken off him. He became a living soul. Dwelt with his family. And the testimony was there for us to read today. Let's close our eyes as we pray. Father, tonight, we decree in this place there is hope for a tree. There is hope for a tree if it's cut down. For it will sprout again. Many of us came here tonight with one kind of a tree that was dead in some ways before. Lord, tonight you show us that the greatest loss is not the loss of money. It's not the loss of material things. It's a loss of hope. But Lord, tonight you have come to renew our hope. You've come to restore our hope. But because we know when hope is restored, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Dead will rise. Forgotten situation will receive life. The dry bones will come together. An army can come out of the valley when hope is restored. Tonight, as the hope is restored in the midst of your people, we decree tonight as we are proceeding out of this hall. Every yoke that came here with us, every dead tree that came to this building with us, tonight at the instance of the spoken word of God, the life is coming into every dead tree in the name of Jesus. That tonight, the power of God is going into the region of the valley. The bones are coming together. The sinews are coming upon them. The flesh is coming upon them. The power of God is reaching into the valley of the dead bones. And the power of God is bringing forth army to his own glory. In the name of Jesus. Joy is coming back. Joy is coming back. Joy is coming back. We thank you because we know it is done. Let this week be the greatest week of our lives. Lord, may we find favor in this new week. May the hand of love be strong on our behalf this week. Every place we go, everywhere we turn, the power of hope will accompany every one of us in the name of Jesus.
where we have been rejected will be accepted. Where they have said we do not like you, they will love us. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, tonight we carry the spirit of hope with us tonight. We carry the spirit of faith with us tonight. Every possibility is becoming possible this week. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Peace is returning. Progress is returning. Healing is coming. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Tonight we give you glory. Let's just clap our hands and give him glory tonight. Because we believe something new has begun in our lives tonight. Hallelujah to Jesus tonight. We give you praise, Lord. We bless your name. We worship you. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. And the church said, Amen. And the church said, Amen. I'd like us to look at somebody and say, There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope in the name of Jesus.